The Holy Gospel according to John, the first chapter. The next day Jesus went to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked Jesus, where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And Jesus said to him, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Here ends the reading. I recently re-watched the 1986 classic movie, Stand By Me. It's a coming-of-age story about four 12-year-old boys who go on an adventure over Labor Day weekend in 1959. The idea for the adventure begins when one of the boys, Vern, extends an invitation when he asks them, you guys want to go and see a dead body? It seems a boy from their town had gone missing, and Vern had secretly learned of the location of the boy's body. Well, as you can imagine, the other three 12-year-old pals were very interested in this invitation to adventure. So they hatched their plan about what they would tell their parents so as not to raise suspicions when they were gone for a few days. And like all good coming-of-age stories, the movie is much more about what happens on the journey than about getting to the destination. On their journey, these four boys make space for each other so they can face their fears, grieve their losses, make peace around their differences, ponder life's big questions, hold one another accountable, and offer each other grace. They are raw and vulnerable as they do life together on this journey. Well, in the church, we are in the season of Epiphany, a season that is full of invitations to adventure. Today in our gospel reading, we hear it in the invitation from Jesus to follow me. So far in the first chapter of John's gospel, Andrew and Peter and now Philip and Nathaniel have accepted Jesus' invitation to do life together on this discipleship adventure. And as with any good coming-of-age story, the story of discipleship is much more about the journey than the destination. I can only imagine 
how those disciples that did life so closely with Jesus had to make space for each other as they traveled around the dusty roads of Palestine. On their journey, they too had to face their fears, grieve their losses, make peace around their differences, ponder life's big questions, and hold each other accountable. They were raw and vulnerable, and I suspect that a whole lot of grace must have been extended over the course of those three years. I think of the times in Scripture where Jesus is so frustrated with those disciples because they just didn't get his teaching or understand what he was about. Or when the brothers James and John asked Jesus to give them a special place of power and how their request stirred up anger in the other disciples. Jesus uses it as a teaching moment to talk about how true disciples put themselves last and lead by being servants to others. Or I think about how some of the disciples felt that the best way for Jesus to take power was through violence and the use of the sword instead of the way of humility and love. To be followers of Jesus, they had to give up that agenda. I wonder if those disciples knew how challenging the journey would be when they accepted Jesus' invitation to follow me. I wonder if we understood how challenging the journey would be when we accepted the invitation from Jesus to follow me. Did we consider what it means to make a commitment to do life together? To make space for each other in our grief and our fears as we struggle to find peace around our differences and ponder life's big questions and hold each other accountable, all the while offering a lot of grace. You see, our discipleship story is also a coming-of-age story. It's much more about what happens on the journey rather than the destination. Because we never really arrive as disciples. There is always more to learn. And if we stay committed to doing life together, always, always leaning more deeply into the teaching of Jesus, life in community will change us. When we do life together, we will be transformed. In the movie Stand By Me, doing life together led to transformation for those four boys. In the end, they did reach their destination. They found the body of the dead boy. But when they got there, they had changed. You see, their original motivation to find the body was so that they'd get their picture in the paper, that they'd be famous, that they'd be heroes. But the journey had transformed them. By the time they got there, they had outgrown their desire to be famous. And instead, they made an anonymous phone call to the police. Because that seemed like the right thing to do. It wasn't about them anymore. 
It was about the boy's family and the community finding peace in the midst of tragedy. Well, as followers of Jesus, doing life together transforms us too. It takes us out of our selfishness and our tunnel vision. It demands that we make space for each other as we struggle together with hard things. You see, traveling together doesn't mean that we all agree on everything, but we do agree on one thing, and that one thing is that we are following Jesus. My friends, we have hard things to struggle with in these days, and we need to make space for each other to grieve together, to face our fears, to hold each other accountable, and offer lots of grace. January 6th is the day of Epiphany on the church calendar. It's the day we celebrate the coming of the Magi to visit the baby Jesus in Bethlehem. Epiphany is a whole season. It's a season that calls us to light and truth. And the identity of Jesus is revealed more and more clearly and brightly. Well, this year, January 6th, was also the day when an angry mob forced their way into the nation's capital in Washington, DC. As followers of Jesus, it should not be lost on us that a few in that angry crowd carried signs that had Bible verses on them, or simply said, Jesus saves. Some carried crosses or other religious symbols. Well, as we commit to do life together in a community of faith, we need to struggle together and grieve together any time that faith is seen as a call to violence instead of advocating for peace. Any time the command to love our neighbor morphs into might makes right. Now I know that January 6th was not the only time that faith has been tied to actions that destroy community. But those actions can become a witness to our faith. So together, we are invited to ponder big questions. How do our actions witness to our faith? How do we put flesh on the teachings of Jesus in our actions? Now, we may never have the world's attention like mobs often achieve or get our picture in the newspaper, but our actions are our witness to the one we follow, this Jesus who saves. I read some good words this week written by the Reverend Tish Harrison Warren in the magazine Christianity Today. 
And maybe her words can give us a starting point on what actions we can take as a community of faith, a community committed to doing life together on this discipleship journey. Here's what she wrote. We, we have to take up the slow work of repair, of reforming our churches around the deep, unchanging truths of the light of Christ. We must reconstruct communities where we can know and speak truth, serve the needy and the poor, love our neighbors, learn to be poor in spirit, rejoice in suffering, and witness to the light of Christ amid darkness. This work will be frustratingly small and local, under the radar, and away from the headlines. It will feel paltry and unimportant in the face of the raging nations and widespread church and national decay. It will be long, risky, and uncertain. But in that meek and humble place, perhaps with the Magi, we can again find the small star that leads us to the true light of the world. May our actions be our witness to our faith. The good news is that we are not wandering aimlessly in all this mess. We are following Jesus. Jesus who calls us out of our selfishness and our tunnel vision. Jesus who is at work in our life together, moving us forward, making space for us to respond to his invitation, follow me. May all of our actions reflect Jesus, who is the true light of the world. Amen. <laughs>